0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. Well, we... I guess we can't say this is the first time Rice has been affected by COVID scheduling-wise, because, I mean, that was kind of the whole deal with pushing back the season, but um, it's somehow even less fun to lose one in season when you expected it, particularly when you get... Like, I don't know. I'm sad Alabama LSU is canceled, but at least I knew that as of yesterday, uh, which as yeah, of on Tuesday. Some
1: proper grieving time.
0: We got all the way to Friday. It was Friday. Like, well, come on, UTSA. Like, we, you didn't have this ready earlier?
1: It was. Oh, man. Yeah. So we have a little bit to get off our chest after. <laughs> Just, uh, we're so we'll get we'll get to the UTSA postponement. We will uh, get around Conference USA and kind of the national. Yeah. Yeah. How has it been? I guess we've been like three or four episodes without like a dedicated COVID portion. Is that accurate? I think we're bringing the COVID portion back.
0: Yeah. Uh, there is no shortage of um, announcements with regard to that this week.
1: Uh, golly. And uh, it might be here to stay for a while. So. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> As always, uh, if you appreciate us talking about things that are not COVID related to give you an escape, uh, please do rate, review and subscribe. We promise to keep you updated on any uh, major hurricanes and oh, and or postponements. I think we had like what our 20 billionth name storm in the Gulf this week. So, yeah, they broke the record. Yeah, we did promise that if a hurricane came to Texas, we would not forget to mention it again. Uh, I don't think that one's (laughs) headed this way, So, uh, but please do. It helps. It helps get the word out. Tell folks in in the Conference USA world and those who care about Rice football and Rice athletics what we're doing, Uh, and please do. If you haven't had the chance, go ahead and take a look at our Patreon page. Uh, just went up on Wednesday. We're recording this, our preview of the Louisiana Tech game, which includes a – I called it a pitch six. (laughs) <laughs> where you intercept it and then you toss it backwards and run for a touchdown, which I, I would say that's probably rare. So that was a fun play, to Yeah, to I didn't through. see
0: that. I didn't see that live. And when I was checking their like season long stats, because I went because I, I noticed from the conference wide stats that they led the conference in interceptions. And so I went and looked it up and I was like, OK, who had that? uh or, like, I scrolled down and there was one person who was listed with zero interceptions, but 81 re- interception return <laughs> yards and a touchdown. And I was like, how does that work? There's and a then story I, here. And then I found the play and I was like, oh, oh, that's fun.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> Go subscribe on Patreon. Check out the film room. Carter does a great job on those. Uh, they're fantastic. And then uh, Wednesdays, we also have a, or myself and and former Rice quarterback uh, Taylor McCarg. We have Inside the Hedges, a live show where we're breaking down all things Rice football. If you want, uh, I've, I've I've heard that there might be an appetite for a condensed version uh, of what you need to know about Rice football this week. We try and keep that about 25, 30 minutes. So if you want a shortened version uh, you can check that out live. And if you want show send us questions and stuff every Wednesday. But uh, if you want the longer deep dive, uh, buckle up. We got uh, we got plenty to get to this week.
0: I guess we're, we're, we're going to the COVID, COVID news now. So many, so many postponements.
1: Yeah, the USA
0: so. lost like its whole schedule last week. The SEC lost its whole schedule this week. God, I didn't even I've been so caught up. Have there been any USA postponements for this weekend?
1: Oh, I, well, I noticed that the UTEP UAB game got moved to Midland. So that's not this coming weekend. It's at like
0: 10 a.m., right?
1: Yeah. So I guess. 10 a.m. at a high
0: school stadium on a Friday. Let's let's go. Because
1: so apparently the high school playoffs are booked for like Friday night, Saturday, Sunday kind of deal or just the whole weekend. And so the only time they could play was Friday morning. So apparently Texas high school football trumps conference usa when it comes to scheduling times
0: i mean which
1: that's like, are, so are we on brand it yeah, hurts extremely. Brand. <laughs> <laughs> i just i don't i don't even know So we'll see. We made the mistake of maybe it wasn't a mistake, but just because of when recording schedules worked out of recording, you know, uh, a day or two before we released our episode and then everything got canceled (laughs) last week, as you mentioned. So Conference USA had four games uh, post, we'll say postponed, but we're running out of dates, four games postponed uh, from COVID and they actually only had four Conference USA teams play. So, four four CUSK games postponed, four conference USA teams played. There was only one game between two conference teams. It was FAU Western Kentucky and the only touchdown of that game was scored in the final like 3 minutes. It was not um, high
0: quality football.
1: Not exciting. Hey, if you want to see a quarterback win a game without throwing a touchdown pass. There you go. FAU has you covered. But uh, other than that, it was it was strange. And it's, you know, we definitely we, I definitely got lulled into a false sense of security to some degree, because when Rice came back in week, uh, I guess that would have been week eight of play, every Conference USA game that was scheduled was played and Rice was playing. So that means everybody was back. And then since then, we haven't made it through a week. Uh, without a postponement and we're recording Wednesday and I think we've already had 10 FBS games for this coming weekend uh, that have been postponed or canceled so uh it's not trending in the right direction yeah and we're like you mentioned
0: earlier starting to to, to get to the point and and now other conferences that you know started earlier than Rice did are running into this problem as well but like Conference USA just rescheduled the Marshall and UAB games for December 5th and December 12th, respectively. And the Conference Championship game has been rescheduled for the 19th. But uh that leaves no more open dates in Rice's case. So um I think, and I, I know Bloomgren has expressed this, and I think Jeff Trailer has as well, but like you would presume that the, the most likely option here is that you just knock the Marshall game off the schedule and replace that with UTSA because with Conference USA kind of being the mess that it is like, at least for right now, you kind of have to prioritize division games like, you know, it'd be one thing if, if there were teams that were somebody had a commanding lead in the division and it was likely that you could just play those games on the same day as the championship or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's we we're we're hitting the point, and it's now happening for a lot of teams that uh there are no more no more days to reschedule, so you're gonna have to start getting creative.
1: Yeah, and see, this has been this busy of a week. This this the news came out of the UAB and Marshall game being put back on the schedule uh after we hit stop on the recording from from last week. Of course, so yeah, those those have since been added, and we almost got through another another week's podcast with that being taken off the schedule so we might not have missed anything and you know stay tuned <laughs> um but it, it's interesting because they at, as it stands right now nobody's catching marshall and the east i barring something crazy which, which you know i guess we can't rule out it is 2020 um you know like marshall's gonna win the east but the west it's really interesting because whoever wins this uh, game be- this weekend between Rice and Louisiana Tech, if if UAB picks up another loss, the winner of this game could be in the driver's seat. So if I'm not, not to project too, fo- too far forward, uh, but Rice beats Louisiana Tech UAB falls to UTSA, you then have all of a sudden these implications of Conference championship games, or UTSA wins and UAB loses another. Like, there's so much calculus that could go into it, but what you don't want to happen is get to the end of the season and Rice is playing Marshall and say, well, we got to turn to a fancy formula of tiebreakers to figure out who's going to play in the West Championship or in the conference championship game because UTSA is a half game behind and Rice is a half game up, or vice versa. Like, Although that would be peak conference USA, we don't want it.
0: The uh, the new tiebreaker rules will be announced on the Monday before
1: the championship game. Again, yeah, let's <laughs> pass that. I guess it what last year it was the Friday before the Saturday games of the last weekend. Is that right? <laughs> it, it was I've, something like that. I tried to put it out of my memory, but yeah. The point being, as long as you can settle these games on the field, do that because it's a lot easier. And then we've already talked about. You know, with the pandemic going on, if you had the option as a conference to sponsor a sending a bunch of kids from Houston to West Virginia or bussing them over to San Antonio for a day and sending them right back, you know, one of those is probably smarter than the other. You would think so. Yeah, and like you'd mentioned. Coach Trailer, he's been on the record. If he wants this game to be played, uh, Bloomgren straight up said during his press conference this week that he doesn't want to go to Marshall. He wants to play UTSA. And uh, I have not talked to a single person, whether associated with Rice or USA or anything, that um, is gung ho on on Rice and Marshall being an untouchable item. So, yeah. I I honestly I w- <laughs> I was surprised that that game was scheduled to begin with before the UTSA game was canceled. I kind right. of assumed that the UAB game would get put on the schedule just to complete the West, and then they would kind of wait and see. Maybe right. Conference USA was feeling optimistic that <laughs> the West would make it through, but clearly that was not the case. Yeah, no. Um, the good news, I guess, from the Rice perspective, like, Obviously,
0: it is a bad thing that UTSA had an outbreak from a rice perspective.
1: And, you... and I will clarify one thing because I, I think it is is notable and it's very interesting with every conference having very different different rules when it comes to how to do this from yeah. from the reports and things I read, UTSA actually had two players test positive. and contact tracing took out enough people on relevant units that they couldn't play the game which is pretty pretty severe if you're down two players and then all of a sudden because of contact tracing you're now down I we don't know how many couldn't wouldn't have been able to play the game right. 10 12, 15 say it's like North Texas lost the, the entire linebacking core earlier this year and they had to postpone a game so yeah um it, it is it's crazy how how narrow of a a margin that could have been
0: right whereas versus, something like There was something from, I think it may have been Iowa recently said that they had switched to daily testing and now like weren't doing contact tracing at all or something like that, which I mean, I mean, it's good to have daily testing. And certainly that kind of reduces your need, probably because you can identify positives and separate and and isolate them more quickly. But, you know, there's there's one thing between you have one positive and your whole team has to be has to be quarantined, but um, no contact tracing at all seems uh, like maybe a bit too far in the other direction.
1: Yeah, I will put the standard caveat here that we're not epidemiologists, so uh, tack that on somewhere in the show notes. But it, it certainly, <laughs> uh, because it, it it it's worth noting, I say because you know there are programs around the the country right now that are having like legitimate outbreaks like Wisconsin and what they lost two games and are hopefully gonna try and play this coming weekend for the next time is that right yeah uh, something like that and so cannot
0: allude, afford to lose anymore
1: yeah this is it's it's gonna be strange and and every conference's tiebreakers are a bit different as of right now, it it would stand to reason that even if Rice loses uh, one one game, so either the UTSA game or the Marshall game, they, they'd still be eligible uh, with some wiggle room. But you know, we are going to take it one game at a time because who knows? The theme of twenty twenty. We are back to square. I'm not going to say one, one and a half, two. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I, I...
0: <laughs> the good news I was going to say is that, you know, from a rice perspective, it was not on our end. So whatever rice is doing still seems to be working, whether that's whatever procedures the football team are take is taking or, or whether it's just a, a part of rice as a whole on campus, not having a lot of cases. They in fact, I just I, I read earlier in the the thresher, the the student campus newspaper at rice i I get their like online newsletter and there was a a mention in there about that rice had its highest positivity rate uh, of the semester this season this this week and i went and just checked and uh that highest positivity rate was 0.25 percent so not great to have an increase but still doing pretty good so um that's good and then Leading off of that and, and segueing into into Louisiana Tech, uh, looks like they're getting some players back in one of the position group one of the position groups where they seem to have lost everybody. So that's good news.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you can think of a possible silver lining, like if this works out, this might be a huge break in Rice's favor because if that UTSA game does get put on the schedule for later in the season, um, you know, we'd still feel. We we were pretty confident entering the game after what we've seen so far. I think we'd still have the same level of confidence, but we'd have more players, uh, hopefully. So uh, we will kind of have to monitor and, and see how practice goes this week. But Bloomgren said during his media availability uh, this week that he expects uh, to have Treshawn Chamberlain, Kirk Lockhart, Andrew Bird all back in the secondary this week. I'd also reported previously that Jason White uh, another corner has been back out at practice as well and, and working with the the defense and the the second team primarily. So that could be two corners who we thought might have been among the guys in the starting rotation this year and two starting safeties, which always helps regardless of who you're playing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. And, it, well, and especially as much as Rice tends to rotate in the secondary, like just to get that like I don't even know at this point if you're like you're probably I, I don't know about Bird uh, I know you said Weitzman with the second team but like I'm I'm totally good with keeping Miles McCord as the other first team corner because he's been great so far but like just having that depth like you because you know they're going to rotate more than more than just about anybody does uh, in the secondary it's it's very very nice.
1: Yeah, they they got a couple practices left this week, so we'll see if that changes. But Bird wasn't out there. I was last out there on on Monday. They had an off day for players on on Tuesday with the adjusted schedule, with everything going on. So uh, I, Bird might hopefully if he's going to play, I would be surprised if he makes the trip without getting back on the practice field. So we'll see. Yeah. White was out there. I, you know, I I think you'd be right. Like Bird would be a guy that we like, and I, I like what he can do. Uh, against the run for sure. Um, but, you know, with how good Miles McCord has been, I, I'm i completely fine having extra depth options. Like, that would be nice.
0: Yeah, like, if Bird beats him out, then great. But, like, it's definitely not going to be the sort of thing where, like, okay, we got this guy back. Now McCord is on the second team again because he's absolutely earned a starting role with the way he's played.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, he, you'll take it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, especially in that we, we we say these things coming off, you know, I think we're still processing watching the secondary get shellacked by Asher O'Hara uh, with some like noticeable, you know, rust from starting out to completely silencing Southern Myths. And I don't know what is real, but through those two games, I, you know, I, I feel much more confident. And if you're telling me at the very least, the depth has just been doubled. It's a net win, and I still feel like the secondary would have been fine given what Frank Harris and UTSA would have been able to throw at him. But uh, and I guess we'll get to this when we get to Louisiana Tech. I don't know if the Louisiana, I think they're probably better than Frank Harris, but I haven't been wowed by either. They're of them not great, so far. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a plus, right? And just overall, in general, Rice getting healthier on that side of the ball. So there's. Um, you know, we're still kind of waiting on guys like George Nyquil and Smith. It's not fully back yet, but. If if you if this had been a non pandemic year and for whatever reason you had a bye week, three weeks into the season, we would be saying, oh, it's so awesome that they don't have to play this week. They'll have guys back. So the circumstances suck. But. the depth is is a a nice win especially if you're going to try and play seven games in a row knock on yeah and hold all the rabbits feet and who knows how many of those actually get played in order but it's a good start so louisiana tech
0: um the overall takeaway i've had from from watching a little bit of them and and looking up their stats and and checking their schedule is that they kind of don't do anything that well. Like they're not <laughs> like they're not horrible at anything except rushing offense. But like their ranks in the conference, they're okay, so they're second in passing yards per game on offense, but one uh numbers 2 through 10 uh, with Rice at number three in there, by the way, only five yards behind Louisiana Tech per game, uh, two through 10 are all closer together than Tech at number two is to North Texas at one. And second, if you uh, put that to the more meaningful yards per attempt, uh, Rice is tied with North Texas at 9.1 yards per attempt for first in the conference, and Louisiana Tech's all the way down at seventh. Uh, they're... Like in every like basic offense defense ranking in the conference, they're between like like fifth and tenth.
1: Yeah, I mean, part. I got I got it pulled up right now. You're you're looking at number ten in total offense, number nine in, in total defense, uh, number thirteen rushing offense, uh, number eleven pass defense. Uh, They've been, like you said, they've been kind of productive through the air, uh, beating up on Houston Baptist and throwing like 74 touchdown passes will help those numbers. Uh, And then, of course, on the defensive side, having to play BYU, which uh, UTSA played BYU and survived. Louisiana Tech did not. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if I hold that too much against them because I still think BYU is pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, But it's just what they did to Boise State on Friday. Good God. Oh, yeah, I just I saw the the gifs rolling through Twitter. I didn't actually see the final score or how bad it was. Fifty-one to 17. Who?
0: and I think it was in like on the blue turf, too. Like, I don't think anybody's beat Boise like that on the blue turf in a very long time.
1: Where do I cash my ticket for the Coastal Carolina BYU National Championship game? That's so 2020. I'm here. Like I'm if Rice it. can't go I'm into it, you know, the one loss that might get him out. But. Coastal and BYU still undefeated, right? Yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, beyond Coastal, I think you probably take. Well, BYU is already beaten. At least attack. I think Coastal might, too. Uh, At this point. But yeah, uh, the thing for Louisiana Tech and it it starts for me with the offense, because, you know, when we talked preseason, we talked about, you know, we we think Luke Anthony transfer coming in is going to be pretty good at quarterback. We don't we don't didn't anoint him the next coming of Jamar Smith, which, you know, I don't know if that would have been a good thing or not. Jamar Smith was pretty productive. All things considered, the couple years he was there in Ruston, but Justin Henderson on the ground, we kind of more or less agreed that that was a top three or four running back in, in conference USA, and he's he's gone nowhere. the The running game has been just completely stymied for Louisiana Tech, and that's turned them into a rather one dimensional uh, offense, and the results have been not great and it's it's particularly uh, frustrating i would believe for for tech fans because when you think of uh you know when you see two quarterback systems they just don't work unless you're like uh, taylor mccarg put on on the inside the hedges mentioned uh tim tebow chris leak that was the exception that he said that's that's
0: what it has to be it's like they have to have very defined roles and usually it has to be the sort of thing where your main quarterback is the better passer and your secondary quarterback is a guy who is either mainly a runner or like a guy who can run that you use as kind of a gadget player. Sometimes like you can't be a full-time thing where both guys are. I mean, essentially like it's, I don't know. It's like watching an old Steve Spurrier team where neither quarterback is all that good and he can't really decide which one he likes better. So he just kind of keeps yanking them randomly. Without any real, like, seeming rhyme or reason to it,
1: um, well, you can tell me yeah. this: what what was going through your head? Because uh, I had a very distinct reaction uh, watching Rice's. So Rice comes out against Middle Tennessee. It's the first drive of the game, and they get to like third and third and medium, and Giovanni Johnson comes trotting out onto the field, and my internal dialogue is. <sighs> What is going on? Because <laughs> they just we just went through this. We have one quarterback. He's the guy we like, Giovanni. But we have a we have a guy we trust, and he's been great. And then Giovanni picks. Up, he's like a it's a great it's run. a chunk yep. chunk yard run. And like if you're gonna and I I like I really I'm very optimistic about Giovanni. I like the progression I've seen from last year to this year with him, and like the future is still very bright there but if you're going to use two quarterbacks that's how you have to do it it has to be yeah. almost a wildcat extension of your offense i
0: literally described this the the way you have to do it and completely did not think about the one that is sitting there right in front of me for the team about which i do this podcast
1: yes but that would be the yeah
0: that um but i didn't feel that bad about that one in the moment just because it was since it was on a third down in that situation it was very obviously like a this is our sort of wildcat type thing. If he had come in on like the first play of the next drive, then I would have been very nervous
1: about it. Yeah, I think that happened. Oh man, all the way back with, with Jackson Tyner. And I think he was in for two series on the first Mm -hmm. game and that was it. So, uh, yeah, so I, I will, I will credit Bloomgren with this. He's, he clearly understands what he has and is writing with that and is so far used Giovanni and, and, you know, the right kind of packages. And it's it's interesting because, you know, you know, Juma would have been the guy to do that in years past. And I think I still think Juma's very capable. So if you have a couple guys that can play that role, you have more options. But Louisiana Tech, like Luke Anthony and, and Aaron Allen have. I mean, Anthony was the guy against Houston Baptist and he kind of lit him up. And that was when my eyes kind of got big and I was like, "Ooh, OK. And but after that game. It hasn't been much, and and Skip Holtz, I, I think it was the last series of the UTSA game, he he pulled Anthony and put Allen in, said, go win the game, trailing by a point on the road. Just like, why? How is... <sighs> yeah. I mean, I guess if a- Allen goes down and, and wins the game, and he becomes their starting quarterback, and that's the moment that you need to pick a guy, but judging from how far it really has been back and forth between both of these guys all year. I, I don't really know probably honestly the best case scenario for rice against Louisiana tech is whoever I don't, I don't know who's going to start, but whoever starts get them into a a rut early so that Holtz has to go to the bullpen and, and make him make the switch. And then at that point, The offense isn't such of a quandary because what do you do? You go back to the guy that you already pulled. Do you go back and forth? The 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 chance for a rhythm there is is not good, and it's not like this offense is you know without weapons. Like Adrian Hardy was kind of quiet last year, but he's still like supremely talented. Smoke Harris is as fast as the name sounds. Just. Boom, like he can go and we I I think he took a a, one or two deep, deep runs, kind of found space against BYU and just took off for for big chunk plays like they have some guys that can do that, but they need to get the ball out. And that's whoever is at quarterback. That's kind of what's going to happen. I I would assume Louisiana Tech is going to go quick. They're going to go short and ask these guys uh, to make chunk plays. And that's. Because what I suspect is like, I
0: haven't watched enough of them focusing on the offensive line to definitively say like, this is the problem. They're terrible. But uh, as an example, the play I did for the film room for their offense, uh, they were in, it, they, they had first and ten on 30 and they, they, they score a touchdown in this play. They, they run three verts uh, and take a shot in max protect. So they keep the running back and the tight end in. So they've got seven blockers against four defensive linemen. And neither of the two linebackers that UAB has come on the rush, so it's seven against four in pass protection, and yet the left side of the line still completely collapses, and and Allen has to roll to his right, and and he makes a nice throw, but like, y- you really shouldn't be having to roll out of the pocket when you're in max protect versus a four man rush, um, and just to to back that up with with very basic stats, um, they are. Uh, second to last in the conference, with 19 sacks given up for 141 yards lost, uh, which is bad on its own. But so, so you wonder, like, okay, there—you said their rushing defense is really bad. Well, there's so many sacks. Well, take the sacks out, then the rushing offense gets better, right? And it really doesn't. Like I did the math earlier. If you take the sacks out, they're still averaging like 3.7 yards a carry, which is not good.
1: Yeah, and to to be fair to Louisiana Tech, their left tackle Willie Allen, uh, one of the better left tackles probably in the conference, opted out uh, before the season began. So not having him on the field uh, is definitely a big negative. But you know, like we've talked about, that with does Bryce, explain why
0: on that play, UAB's uh, defensive end that was lined up over the left tackle just bull yeah, rushed him. their left tackle and just uh, just ragdolled him. Like it was, it was, it was. Yeah. It, it would
1: not. It would not be great. Uh, you know, Rice is playing without Brad Rossner, so we can play this game of who 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 is not here <laughs> that that should be. So like, like it's not a get out of free, get out of jail free card. But I think it's it's interesting that I I asked um offensive line coach Rice offensive line coach Sanders Davis uh, this week. I said, you know, off the top of your head, how many negative plays has the offensive line allowed? And he he was puzzled for a second. He's like probably less than five and and that that, that's that's really the difference between the rice offense and the and the tech offense is the the tech offense has has not been able to they kind of looked a lot honestly like rice last year as it's kind of been like hoping for the big play and trying to do as best as you can uh to not get too far behind the chains to to not overcome it I, i actually uh mentioned this on on inside the hedges uh, this week rice is averaging five plays a game over over two games of 20 yards or more louisiana tech over the course of seven games is averaging roughly 3.2 3.3 ish Uh, so rice has been twice as explosive granted two games not great defenses but if Last year, we were talking about the Louisiana Tech offense, and they were—that was kind of their calling card. They were an explosive offense that took shots downfield and made made the Rice secondary feel it. Uh, and you, Justin Henderson on the ground too, and that's just not happening. And so, if you if you have an offensive line like like you mentioned, UIB's defensive front, like they're going to be up with Rice as far as havoc creation in Conference USA. Uh, But if if Louisiana Tech is having quarterback indecision and not getting help from their offensive line or their running game, this is a game that, you know, we haven't really seen a a low scoring Rice game uh, yet this year. Uh, I guess you kind of count the Southern Miss game because half of the teams didn't score. Uh, (laughs) But I get to use that against Southern Miss for a full year. I'm going to take it. Oh, it's going to be nice. Yeah. (laughs) but yeah i mean outside of adrian hardy just because he was he was huge thinking back to last year he had some big snags uh, at the end of that game to help louisiana tech win it in overtime uh, against rice he was one of those guys just like you know where the ball's going to go and it still goes there because he's that good so it, there there're going to be some opportunities Uh, But keeping keeping those explosive plays down, you're going to put Louisiana Tech in third and long. And if they're in third and long, even without a healthy Rice secondary, I sending the Braylon Carroll and Blaze Aldridge to go hunt down the quarterback is. Yeah, it's scary, (laughs) like third and long
0: isn't a situation that any offense wants to be in, but in for Louisiana tech in this game, it's, it's, it's a death sentence on offense. Like they're, they have to do everything they can to avoid that.
1: Yeah. And so like edge edge to the, the rice offense from what we've seen uh, so far, I I'd say that's probably safe to see. Of course, I think the Louisiana tech, well, I don't really think the Louisiana tech defense is better than the Southern miss defense and the middle Tennessee defense. And, uh, in a couple ways, but but one of the things and that's this has been something that, you know, turnovers are a stat that we we say is pretty random and, and not sticky. Like it can vary uh, from from year to year. Sometimes you just get lucky and sometimes you don't. But yeah, uh, I was looking back earlier today and Louisiana Tech, I don't know if they're just extremely lucky, but they have been one of the better turnover causing teams in Conference USA uh, for a couple years now. Uh, Just looking back, they are uh, right now uh, top five in a turnover margin in the conference. They were second last year, fourth the year before, Uh, first the year before that. You have to go all the way back to 2016 where they were seventh and even then still a positive turnover differential. 2015 positive, 2014 number one in the conference. Uh, Just you have to actually like go back to 2013, I believe, before Louisiana Tech had a negative turnover differential and Tulane was in the conference at that point. (laughs) So, like, I'm I'm not going to say that they have cracked the code and they are all of a sudden better at turnovers than anybody else. But this has been a trend with Skip Holtz's teams. And granted, he's not been the kind of guy orchestrating the defense at Louisiana Tech, but they are going to take risks and they're going to play aggressive, especially in the secondary. And that's been something in years past has been a problem for Rice.
0: Yeah. They don't like... So the thing I would say about turnovers is that the ones... Turnovers themselves are random in the sense that, like, when the ball is on the ground with a fumble, whoever it bounces to is random. Uh, When a ball gets batted up in the air whoever it happens to land in the hands of is is fairly random creating turnover creating plays in which turnovers can happen is uh not totally something players and coaches can determine but you do have more influence over that right like if you if you consistently practice stripping the ball on defense if you have DBs that are really physical and have great ball skills that can, they can break up passes and and put themselves in position. Like there is some rep, like it's, it's somewhat replic- replicable to create turnover situations, but then how the ball actually bounces from there is, is, is almost entirely random. So I, it's, it's not totally like out of the question that a team can consistently be good at creating, at creating turnovers and having a positive margin.
1: Yeah, and that's that's really how I mean we will I guess what did we say we said four weeks one week for every doink to until we can put the, <laughs> until we can put that to, officially to bed I, I guess we're technically what three weeks out from that event or we will by the time Rice plays Louisiana Tech but that was really I mean the doinks aside that was why Rice lost the Middle Tennessee game is the the margin was so thin. And and Rice had three turnovers com- compared to one for for Middle Tennessee, and like the the turnovers they had were just mental lapses. And even the the turnover they had against Southern Miss with a, a return guy running into the the punt returner is just something that just what <laughs> like that can't happen. And, and so that's kind of if, if we're looking for you know reasons to be, and I think it's fair to say that I, I'm more concerned about. Louisiana Tech on both sides of the ball than either of us probably were uh, against UTSA. And, And part of that is because of the the tendency of Louisiana Tech to play at such a level on defense that causes problems and the tendency of the Rice offense in years past to not play mistake free. If there's a defense that is kind of like and we saw that like against U.A.B., uh, that's another good defense in this conference, they have the tendency to, if you make that mistake, they will make you pay for it. And I don't think that's something that we saw to the same degree uh, against Southern Miss that we did uh, a, a against, um, you know, other teams that Rice has faced.
0: Yeah. So, I, And they're definitely going have to have to be careful in terms of, you know, playing mistake-free. I think one thing that does help is that... um you know, we have seen Collins be loose with the ball a little bit on a few occasions. Uh, they don't, Louisiana Tech doesn't really get a lot of pressure. Um, I don't think they tell, like, I don't know, I, I haven't watched enough tape to to really be definitive about this, but I don't think they tend to bring a lot of extra pressure, and I don't think they get a ton with their front. Um, they've only got 10 sacks in seven games, so so less than, you know, one one and a half a game. Um, I think a lot of what they do on defense is they they tend to play a lot of zone and keep their eyes on the quarterback um and when you do that enough and you have players who have really great ball skills and good recognition and can can break on the ball like i mean that that was that was the play that, like i I highlighted that interception return in the film room um and that play is really just um, You know, they drop into zone and BJ Williamson sees that uh, Lucero is immediately going for the little in-breaking route to hit at the sticks. And he just breaks on that route immediately. Uh, It's an off-target throw, but then he, he, you know, he goes up and snags it. And so I think they just, they just have ball hawks, I think is the big thing. And you, your throws got to be on target and they got to be on time is the big thing you want to do there. You just can't give them an opening to to break on the ball and make a play cuz cuz that's what they're going to do if you if you give them give them the chance.
1: Yeah, and and this is something that you know, uh, given, you know, if we think the Rice defense is closer to uh, what we saw against Southern Miss than than we saw against Middle Tennessee and, you know, if you not that you can take away, uh, you know, the BYU game and and some of the uh maybe less representative games uh, that Louisiana tech has, has played. Uh, I mean, they did give up 38 points to HBU. So that that is what it is. But yeah. I, I think, I think we're looking at a, a game that is, is probably going to be uh, less shootout than the first one. But it is interesting because I, I think when everything breaks, right, like this is still a, a tech offense that, that can score, um, and especially if, if you have the defense playing well and can kind of set up opportunities for the offense where they don't have to go 80 yards, uh, then that's where Rice gets in trouble, it, whether it's turnovers or short fields, things like yeah. that. If you're telling Louisiana Tech like, hey, you can score three touchdowns on offense on normal offensive drives and we'll spot you another 13 points that you got, but you didn't have to work very hard for uh, for one reason or another uh that's where this game gets gets scary for for rice, which uh, has not run not won in Rustin in, in quite some time. So now would be a great time to change that. But uh you gotta take care of the football and you gotta play smart. Yeah.
0: The last thing I'd say on this game, the, the part of the reason I I would say I am still confident in this game. Uh, we usually don't make picks on this show. If if we were to do that, I would pick Rice, despite it being in Rustin. Um so FBI sees this game as, as basically a dead heat. Um it literally rice is 98th in FBI and Louisiana Tech is 99th. Um in SP Plus, <laughs> Louisiana Tech is favored by a little bit, mostly on the basis of home field, although I think in SP, Rice is still being dragged Dragged down a lot on offense by preseason projections because they only have two games, and I think their offensive rating is going to go up a lot uh, as as they play a couple more games. But the thing about Louisiana Tech is that you know records are not everything, but but here's an example of why why that's true they They're four and three, and they kind of should be two and five because. <laughs> so Bill Connolly does a, a stat called post game win expectancy, which is. You look at the kind of things he looks at to build SP+, which are the things that that correlate to winning in the course of a game. That The success rates, your explosive plays, those sorts of things that that actually tell you how teams played rather than just looking at the final score to see who won the game. Uh, and so post-game win expectancy is just you look at those stats and then you look back at the historical data. And, you know, ima- if you imagine that it was only based on, say, yards per play, it's not. But for a simplified example, imagine it was. And you say, in this game, uh, Team X had 7.5 yards per play and Team Y had only 3.75 yards per play. And you look back at the data and you say, okay, overall time, teams that have doubled up their opponent in yards per play have won 95% of the time. And so you would say in this game that Team X had a win expectancy of 95%. So of the lowest win, post-game win expectancies by teams that won games this year. Number five on that list at, uh, I think, like, 8% is Louisiana Tech against Southern Miss. And number six on that list at, like, 9% is Louisiana Tech versus UAB. So (laughs) eight times out of 10, they lose both those games.
1: And instead, they won both of them see and this is what I think is interesting because I've seen uh y- you know you take this for what it, what it's worth with the the internet chatter these days but I've seen most to a, a T of Louisiana Tech contingent because this game most you know you depending on what what you're what numbers you're referencing is it's pretty much a pick them like I, I think odds have been kind of around a point either way and you know you brought up the FBI and the SP SP plus it's it's a close game Louisiana Tech fans are how is this game close it's in Ruston and I'm like well that's great um but I I think Louisiana Tech if you're comparing it to last year's Louisiana Tech team they're not better like no like especially without Jamar Smith like they're at best almost as good As as they were last year and last year, they were a good football team. If they had Jamar Smith, then possibly talking about a team that could have won the West per it, not a random suspension that that cost them a a couple key wins. Uh, But they're not better than they were last year. And Rice, I I don't think this is that hot takey. Rice is definitively better than they were last year, even even if the offensive explosion we've seen in the first two games is the high point and it's not this is the new norm like even if that was the best and we regress a little bit to less uh, consistent production they're still better and so yeah this was an overtime game in houston last year that rice probably should have won we can go go dig up that postgame win expectancy but i still have mm-hmm. horrors of that end zone interception and everything not working right that caused rice to lose that game uh you know I this is a and this is interesting because this is a little bit different than from the Middle Tennessee game, but I was pulling up their schedule when you were talking about the records Uh, after the Rice game. Louisiana Tech has two games remaining on their schedule. bizarre. (laughs) Oh, this year is so weird. (laughs) So Louisiana Tech has two games left and Rice has played two games. So. There you go. But, you know, maybe the rush factor comes in a little bit. But, you know, Louisiana Tech, it's interesting because they play Louisiana Monroe and Florida International after this. So even losing to Rice, they could somehow manage to get six and six just because UL Monroe or FIU are two of the seven worst teams in college football. uh, They're definitely beating ULM
0: like ULM is a real. Let us remind us because we have we have said this score on the podcast before they lost by more than three touchdowns. Well, I guess three touchdowns. Because I'm pretty sure the score was 36 to UTEP. Yeah, it was like, not good. Like, like great for UTEP this year. But like. Man, they ain't they ain't that much better than they were last year.
1: Ooh. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. So uh, 230 kick on ESPN three. This will be yet another ESPN three. We will. Not I mean, are there any other games left that uh, eventually Rice has to get? How many games does Rice have to win to get bumped up to linear television? What's. Th- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's the number? <laughs> I think I you got
0: to make the SEC champion or the, the CUSA championship at this point. Like if I think Rice makes the, the
1: SEC championship game, they have really run out of teams.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Rice has a winning record all time against SEC teams like I they've never lost to Alabama or Auburn they're like three and one against Florida yeah the the record is pretty good so like you know if you need a ringer like give us a call SEC
1: yeah at this point like if you're comparing academic peer institutions like Rice Vanderbilt I'm just saying maybe <laughs> we get there <laughs> let's let's take care of this game first before we make our uh, yeah. SEC pitch <laughs> I don't think you get to jump the AAC for the SEC, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't be afraid to take a stab. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, we've, I think we feel pretty, pretty confident about the, the Louisiana tech game. I, I think going on the road in conferences is, is never something easy, especially with how much right uh, parity exists in this conference. I like, I, I think if, if I think rice is better than Louisiana tech, I, I can't say for sure confidently that they're that much better. Like they're still within a right. like if Rice doesn't play their best game and Louisiana Tech does like this could be a game that, you know, Tech wins fairly comfortably on on at home. Like it that happens in this conference. Uh, I don't expect after it, the, the frustration talking with some of the players that was felt from not getting to play uh, this past weekend. Uh, if there is a group in, in college football that is bought into doing the right things and getting their opportunity, uh, I'm not saying that rice is, you know, morally superior or any of that than anybody else, but they, they really are bought into, Hey, this is our chance. We're not going to screw it up. So uh, I, I would be stunned if they're not ready to play, uh, coming in this weekend against Louisiana tech. So, uh, Tech's won five in a row would be a, a great time to turn that stat around. And, uh, you know at that point if, if Rice wins, uh, UAB I believe is is off this weekend, so that would put a you know Rice and UAB right up there at top of the uh, CUSA standings.
0: Let's go. So Let's do right.
1: it. UAB is yeah, UAB's 2 and 1, Rice would be 2 and 1. I'm just saying. If you told me the 3rd week of November.
0: I mean, you know at this point we this has not been the same level of like bullish confidence that we had going into UTSA for good reason. But I mean, how I felt about this team has not changed. Like,
1: and I don't is, know what there is no reason. That it's,
0: yeah, there, there's no reason that if they consistently play up to the level that they're capable of playing, there's no reason they can't win c u s a West. I really, really believe that.
1: Yeah, and for the record, UAB North Texas this weekend. So I guess I'd seen enough North Texas fans that were nervous because of COVID situations, but that game is actually, as of time of recording, is happening. There we go. So uh, Rice uh, can't clutch outright top top seed or top <laughs> top pole position, if you will. Yeah. But you know, I don't think North Texas is going to be UAB. But, uh, Probably not. Louisiana Tech did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, all right. Uh, Look at us. We only had one. We only had a preview and not a review. So we kept it under an hour this week. Aren't you proud of us?
1: It's, it is the small things. And for <laughs> everyone's sake, I hope that we, uh, you know, we, whenever we had it. See, it's funny last year when we had the this the games that were either going into a buy or coming off of a buy. We're like, maybe man, should we get a guest, like figure out some way to, you know, put in another segment? Like, no, we don't need that. We've we've no, gone big leagues now and we can just we can power through. Unfortunately, we have added a COVID segment that took us a good yeah, 15 minutes. No. So maybe it's not all all good things, but Ugh. it's what it is. Uh, we will be here next week, uh, hopefully recapping the Louisiana Tech game. And uh, I guess North Texas is on deck uh, after that. But we will uh, we'll hope for one weekend at a time and we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah, uh, so we'll see y'all then. Uh, rice fight. Let's let's fingers crossed we get to play this game. The show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.